0: When we can make more space in, in, our, in our beings, in our understanding, in ourself, and let go of some of that rigidity, loosen up a little, soften there, then we start to be able to tend to our kids differently.
1: You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 218. Today, we're talking about emotional resilience in chaotic times with Rebecca Wong. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Fields Mindful Mama mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Membership, and I'm the author of Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back, dear listener, and thank you for being here. This is a special bonus episode that I'm releasing uh, on a week where you already have a wonderful podcast because these are strange times, and there's a lot to handle, and we're all processing it together at the same time. And I know that we have moments of great joy and normalcy and that uh, there's a lot of suffering. And I'm going through this too. I have waves of all of those things happening to me, the sadness and etc. And so I wanted to have another conversation about what's happening with the pandemic and the coronavirus, but not about the coronavirus itself, but about our own emotional resilience uh, with this. And so I invited back on Rebecca Wong, who is a wonderful relationship therapist, mentor, and host of the Connectfulness Practice Podcast. And she created the Connectfulness Method to bypass the symptoms of disconnection and address the root cause, allowing you to work towards wholeness in all areas of your life. And she's wonderfully deep, beautiful therapist that I respect enormously. And you know, in this time, it's been over months since the schools were canceled and normal life ended and it's hard on all of us. So I wanted to talk about the attitudes and approaches that we can take to hold ourselves and our children with wisdom and compassion. So I want you to listen for a few things. And that we are all in a shared trauma reality right now. And I think for me, naming that makes it like, yes, like name it to tame it, right? It really just, it's like, yeah, there's a reason why my heart hurts, you know? And I love her permission and her insistence that emotional resilience is more important than schoolwork. So I think you'll really appreciate this conversation if you have kids, And we can focus on what we can control with compassion. So I'm so happy for you to hear this episode. I hope you dive in and if if it helps, please, of course, share it. And um, before we dive in, I want to let you know that the Mindful Parenting free training is coming up May 6th through, through 11th. And it's totally free for everyone. It gives a really amazing Mindful Parenting Foundation and you can join that at mindfulparentingcourse.com slash freetraining. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com slash freetraining. I hope I'll see you there and I will be doing live trainings every day on those days. So let's dive in. Let's dive into this podcast episode that I hope will support you and help you feel more grounded and hold you with more compassion than before join me at the table as I talk to Rebecca Wong. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming back on the Mindful Mama podcast. Thanks for having me. So we are recording this. uh, It's a month now for me since school got canceled for my kids. Mm -hmm. And we're all home. And anecdotally, there's, of course, a lot of things going on for people, but anecdotally, like there was some feeling among the people I talked to that was like, yeah, we're doing pretty good for those first two weeks. We're like doing fitness at home. <laughs> we're all, <laughs> you know, some of us are surprising at ourselves and how well we're like handling all this and, um, you know, and, and sharing recipes and all that stuff. And now I've gotten the sense from talking to people that people are getting hit and I'm getting, yeah. you know, and I'm getting hit pretty regularly by how difficult this all is and, and this is sort of like grief and the waves and things like that. And I, and I, like I said, I, I thought who, who could, I, <laughs> I need to talk to a therapist for the, the podcast, but like, who can I talk to that can respect the, the depth of that in a, in a really beautiful way? And, and of course I thought of you, my dear, thank mm-hmm. you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for asking. How are you doing with this mm. quarantine and, and your home? And you, I know as a therapist, dear therapist, God bless you. You have a lot of work right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag, um, but it's just like everybody else. And I think this is, this is one of those things that um, as therapists, we don't very often live through what um, can be coined a shared trauma reality and that's very much where all of us are right now we're all living through the same trauma reality we're all sharing it so um it's an interesting time yeah yeah and and
1: and is your family and everyone safe and sound and okay
0: yeah for now for now we're all doing all right um you know but there's there's major disruptions in a lot of different ways there's financial fears coming from a lot of different angles there's um total disruption to routines, Mm -hmm. Um, trying to, to balance, you know, those of us who are privileged enough like myself to continue to work, um, trying to balance that work with now homeschooling um, or attending to children or not neglecting children or whatever we want to call that. Um, You know, there's just, it's a lot that we're all holding um, on top of our own worries and our fears and our anxieties. It's, we're all just holding a lot. All of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That's how I'm feeling too. I mean, my kids are, I'm lucky enough. My kids are pretty, they're 10 and 13. They're pretty, Mm -hmm. you know, they're Montessori trained, independent learners, you know, so they're, they're, they're doing okay. And, but yeah, for me, the same thing, you know, my small little business of mindful mama mentor is feeling things and I have people who depend on me for, for things. And, um, and, you know, in a similar way, like holding space to help people with anxieties and things like that. And I feel really useful at those times when I'm like, I can help someone sit through an a fear that's arising, like that feels amazing to me. And then I have my own fears. And I guess for me, yeah. like the only thing that, I, you know, and, and it's close to the surface and, but like the only thing that I feel And I I know that we, one of the problems is that we judge ourselves for our fears and for our difficult feelings. And for me, I feel like that's one thing that is really helping me get through this. At this point in my life and my practice, I am not shooting a second arrow at myself. I am not shooting and, you know, shaming and judging myself for, you know, the cry I had yesterday morning and the one I had two days before that and all the different feelings that come through in waves.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think this is such a time to um, to notice what is coming through us. And just that, just to notice it. Because like I was talking with my own therapist earlier today, and one of the things that I was just naming is the feelings that I'm having. It's kind of like this joy sadness. It's like this this combination of you know, of a multiplicity of emotions that I'm, I'm aware of all at the same time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? There's a lot of grief, and there's a lot of fear, and there's a lot of sadness, and then there's also some pleasure, and there's the joy of being able to um, go outside. You know, I'm in New York, but I'm not in New York City. That's an amazing privilege that I have an outdoor space, an outdoor space that I could put my hands in the soil with my kids. Um and so I'm I'm kind of taking pleasure in those moments while at the same time feeling a lot of grief that our lives, all of our lives have changed so much and that some of us don't have these privileges.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm feeling all of that too. Now, sometimes <laughs> like part of, I think the way I think about things to like kind of get through, you know, stay, <laughs> keep my feet on the ground moment to moment to moment is You know, for me, I've had to kind of, like, step back a little from the news, and Mm -hmm. I think that's healthy and good. But also, it's just interesting. It's hard to, like, know how to, like, think about these times, you know, because people get to be so, like, extreme in different ways. But but this is pretty huge. Like, when they're using bulldozers to dig mass graves in New York, that's... This is like a, a, this, so you describe this as a, like a shared trauma reality. Can you just tell us about like, what is what does that mean? What is this that we're, you know, it, like in this sort of those terms, like that we're going through, can you help us
0: understand it a little more? I can try. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, there are some reference points that some of us may have on different scales. Um, I'm thinking of things like fires in California, earthquakes, 9-11, right? Like these are events that have happened and um, many of us have felt in different ways.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it doesn't matter who we are. uh, These kinds of events affect us indiscriminately. And um, pretty much pretty much everybody, at least everyone who was alive at the time can remember where they were on 9-11,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, and how, how that affected them. This pandemic is, is to a global level, mm-hmm. right? There are certain epicenters where we're feeling it much more massively, but we're all feeling it. There's nobody that's escaping this, Um. And to be someone who's in a helping profession of any sort, to be in a helping, giving position while you're simultaneously living through the same experience, um, it's its an element that we don't see very much outside of, let's say, wartime.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to me, I keep thinking of like, like, I guess those... The image of the mass grave, like it's like, oh, it's like World War One. It's like trench mm. warfare, right? Like yeah. this is a similar thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's it's a it's a very different experience, and, and unlike wartime, it there's um, there's not a visible enemy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, there's there's with natural disasters and stuff like that, it, it can sense making gets kind of skewed.
1: Yeah, because we like to dig your fingers, we like to blame, right? Yeah, we like to, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing a lot of that blaming and judging and, and that kind of channeled into politics. Oh, people aren't wearing masks at the grocery store mm-hmm. or the politics or, right? Like that's this, it's, it's
0: like we want, it's wanting to control it, right? Yeah, well, that's what we all are seeking because everybody, everybody is out of control right now. None of us have that. That feeling that we are in control. And so, in these moments, what we're really challenged with, this is my belief, is in controlling what we can control and noticing for real, noticing what we don't have control over. I don't have any control over the other people in the grocery store.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't. But I have control over when I choose to go shopping, how I choose to go shopping what I choose to do in terms of my own safety practices. Mm. But I have no control over anybody else.
1: It's. I think we had a lot of our uh, collective, uh, a lot of our illusion of control is being really popped right now because part of the practice of mindfulness and part of the practices are looking at like being really real about, oh, wow. I really have a lot less control than I think I have. I have very little control over the thoughts that pop into my head. I know that, you know, like I can decide whether I want to believe them or not, whether I want to act on them or not. Uh, but I mean, I, you know, I even have very little, con- you know, we have little control over our emotions, right? Like that's just happens. And then we, people think that, oh, I can control the outside world. It's like, whew, it's like a, a big wake up call on that, I yeah. suppose.
0: Well, we we don't have control over the outside world. We do have more control than many of us are accustomed to over the inside world. Yeah. And so, um, when it comes to our thoughts, one of the first things that we can start to ask ourselves when these thoughts come up is: Is it true? Yeah. Is it true? Mm-hmm. Is it true for me? Is it true right now? Is it true? Because our thoughts dictate our feelings.
1: Well, sometimes our feelings trigger our thoughts too. Right, <laughs> yeah, But there's so a little. thought that
0: triggers that feeling. There's a story we make up. There's a meaning that we're giving to something. Mm. And so the work is in slowing things down enough to catch that thought mm. and then to question it. Is it true? The feeling doesn't just come. There's always a story behind it.
1: I guess when I I've had a habit and it's less and less now but of waking up um, for most of my life like I've had I, I wake up a lot of times with like nightmares and anxiety dreams and I just wake up with the feeling of like anxiety in my body and but that there I guess there's this, this, all the thoughts in the dream that are just triggering that
0: yeah yeah there's a story that you were just living in while you were dreaming
1: yeah pretty real story yeah so is it true you got to ask ourselves
0: mm-hmm. slower,
1: slower. And I
0: think what many of us are going to find right now is that some of those anxieties are true. Yeah.
1: There are a lot of really real fears.
0: Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, what do we do with it? Hmm. So one of my favorite quotes is, um, Victor Frankl from man's search for meaning. And it's between The stimulus, the things that happen to us, and the space. I'm sorry, let me start that over. Between the stimulus, the things that happen to us, and our response to the stimulus, there lies a space. In that space lies our power and our freedom to choose our response. In that space. And that's what we want to access is that space. Because, yes, there's a lot of things that may be scary or sad um, that are happening in the world right now. And we may feel a lot of that anxiety. If we can access the space before we, we respond, that's where we have the power and the freedom. That's where... That's where we can access um, our own choice making. And so what do we do with it? If once we ask ourselves, is this true, and we we find an answer there, then the anxiety I find often points us in a direction towards direction taking, towards making action.
1: Yeah, because that's what we want to do. The nervous system is saying, take action, take action, take action. It's just whether we're taking Wise action or not, right? Are we taking wise action for our safety, or are we eating like ten thousand Oreos?
0: (laughs) Right. What are we doing if we're if so? If we're eating those ten thousand Oreos, we're taking those feelings and we're doing what we're accustomed to doing under quote unquote normal circumstances and shoving those feelings down because we're used to going numb and not having to feel. Because most of the time, we don't need to be guided by those feelings, but now we do. They're useful. They're very useful. And so perhaps one of the most important things that we can all do right now is acknowledge what we're feeling, even when what we're feeling is a mishmash of 20 different things at the same time.
1: And give ourselves permission to to feel feel all this stuff Mm -hmm. and to not move on right away to the next thing and feel like you're getting it wrong because you're homeschooling your kids and it's not perfect and, People are fighting and yeah.
0: And if I could just speak to the homeschooling component. Oh, please do. <laughs> as, as, I'm, as I'm kind of trying to adapt to that in my own life with my own two girls, um, I'm seeing a lot of stuff circulating online and in conversations with people about how we should do this, mm-hmm. right? Like let it all go. We're all living in this shared trauma reality. Our kids are living in it too. Their lives are disrupted. They're not seeing their friends, their, kid, their, their classmates, their teachers. They're, not, they're out of their routine. Mm-hmm. If there's one piece of advice I can give to families, it's just find a routine that works for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let go of all other expectations right now. Nothing is as usual. Find routines and things that hold each of you. That make each of you feel safer and give you more pleasure. If your kids are old enough, see what kinds of responsibilities you can offload to them,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? Because that will be a part of their routine. It's part of their
1: learning how to be adults, independent
0: adults, sometime
1: in the future being out in the world. (laughs) Right. And at this point, that is enough. Well, it's tricky though because in a lot of places now the schools are saying like, this is required, right? Like you have to do this. Like this is what we're doing for this grade. And people feel a lot of pressure. I had a conversation in mindful parenting membership with a client who was feeling this pressure um, with her six-year-old to do math. And I was like, oh gosh, six-year-old. And I know my brother's like Doing this, like you know, schoolwork every day with this five-year-old. I'm like five, you know. I just feel like there's d- easily a place where you could let it go. Five and under, like yes. just let it and, all and, go. And, and even even older, and even older, and even older. But doesn't the sort of like expectations and the rhythm and things like that? It
0: doesn't that provide some normalcy? Yeah, it provides some normalcy until it provides stress. Mm-hmm. So that's the balancing point. It's looking at where is where are those expectations and those rhythms and that normalcy actually like holding us and offering us something that that feels good mm. in this time of of everything getting turned upside down and uncertain. And where is this creating more angst for our family?
1: Yeah, it's definitely created some angst and stress in my family. I know that, you know, My husband's particularly worried about my youngest daughter and her schoolwork, and is she just doing it passively, just, you know, watching lots of documentaries about aquariums all around the country? (laughs) And
0: I worry- there's a gift in here that our children Mm -hmm. get to figure out what they're interested in, that we can observe some of that with them. And when we can, we, we take part in things with them. We read with them, no matter how old are they are, even if they're teenagers, we can read a book with them.
1: I right? wish my teenager would let me do that. I would love to do that.
0: Right? <laughs> but so, so these are the kinds of things that we're just looking for. What can we do together? Can we plant a garden together? Can we plan a meal together? Can we cook a meal together? Can we, you know, can, can I divide up household chores so that we all have our equal part? These, these are actual Things that we can do, and for now, they're enough. Yeah, and they're they're really grounding.
1: To make food is really grounding. My mm-hmm. my daughter is doing a lot of baking, and my oldest daughter is making a meal every week now. So, mm-hmm. it's it's great. So, yeah, I like this. I really, it's like a I feel like I'm like, oh, like it's a sigh of relief to talk to you and say have this message of let it all go. I mean, I'm ultimate. If we look at the end, like what are <laughs> there's no way to like judge. There's no one, no one's going to judge you at the yeah. end of the, give you the A, the B, the C or whatever. The most for what's important,
0: happened. the most important thing about getting through this is that we get through it with a sense of emotional resilience for all of us, especially for our kids. So emotional resilience, tell
1: us about what that is. Well, and it's the what, ability,
0: what it's, it's this ability to be with our feelings. Mm -hmm. It's this ability that they, we have some flexibility here and if we're getting really rigid around um, the schoolwork needing to be done and needing to be done to certain expectations and we're missing the fact that part of the reason our kids are so distracted is because they're in the house stuck here all day with us, that they're getting bored, they're not seeing their friends or in some cases their teachers. these are the things that are disruptive. And so when we can make more space in, in, our, in our beings, in our understanding, in ourselves, and let go of some of that rigidity, loosen up a little, soften there, then we start to be able to tend to our kids differently. Like I noticed the other day that my my daughter, who just decided to become a vegetarian um, and is still learning about what foods she likes and what textures she doesn't like. And we're living in this state of isolation and we're not going food shopping that often and the choices are not so abundant, right? And we're all learning this together. Um, She was having a particularly rough day. She hadn't gotten enough nutrition. She hadn't, you know, and, and I had been distracted with my work and I hadn't been able to really focus on that with her and tend to her and reach in and help her figure things out. And her rhythm is off and she's kind of on her own a little bit during the day. And then at dinner time, she kind of had a little bit of a meltdown. If I can notice that that meltdown is because of all of those other pieces, mm-hmm. it softens me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what I'm learning more and more through this is that whenever possible, what we need is compassion. What we need is hugs from ourselves, from each other, um, emotional hugs, f- virtual hugs, physical hugs this is kind of what we're all needing more, is that holding. Yeah. And the expectations are often working against that holding.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like, I i was listening to Dan Siegel, <coughs> the researcher, attachment mm-hmm. researcher, psychologist, yep. um, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, and he was talking about the, what an integrated mind is like. And you described it, the, uh, sort of as the river and the two extremes are the banks of the river, and the t- the two extremes are rigidity and chaos, mm-hmm. and he described that mindfulness aware in, in the present moment not not grasping, not clinging, is the river in the in between those that is the middle path right so so you're inviting us very beautifully to look at this place of where we're going into rigidity and, and, and to bring ourselves back to, to invite some open, more open spaciousness to, yeah. to soften a little bit. And that, that is kind of what we need, but we also don't want to go to chaos. We don't want to go to the other bank either. Right.
0: Well, well but the world right now is chaos. Yeah. I guess. So, so, <laughs> so we're, we're all there. I mean, there's nobody that's escaping that right now. Yeah. We can go more there. <laughs> right? That's possible. Mm -hmm. Or we can go more towards rigidity as a way of trying to get away from the chaos. And that's what I'm seeing more of. That makes sense. So, so the, you know, um, I tell this story sometimes where when I was, when I was in my twenties, I was um, a wilderness uh, instructor and uh, I would teach my students, how to orienteer, how to navigate. So, we would give them a topographical map and a compass. This is before GPS. And we would bring them somewhere in the woods and we would point out what we would call guardrails. So, oh, you could see that there's a highway over here and there's a river over here and there's a cliff over here and all these things are on the map. And we want you to go from where we are right now to this place over here. And here's your compass. How are you going to figure out where you are? What happens if you get lost? Oh, you might hit that road or that river or that cliff, and then you'll know again where you are. These are guardrails. So the guardrails are these, they're the edges. They're the chaos, they're the rigidity, they're the riverbanks, they're the things that let us know where we are again. And when we hit those things, it's not awful. When we hit those things, we know where we are. So now we can come back to center. They're helpful, they're tools. We can't navigate or orient ourselves if we don't know where the edges are. I love that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They're tools. They're, They're tools. Right. So when I, when I hit up against my own rigidity, I go, oh, okay, now I know what I need to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's all it is. It's, it's just a way of me figuring out, oh, I'm here. Now I know where I am. I'm going to go back to center.
1: And I want you to hear this, dear listener, that my dear esteemed colleague that I respect so much, Rebecca, it hits those guardrails. And I hit those guardrails. I hit the rigidity. I was there the, with it the other morning. My my daughter and I were painting. Of course, we started painting projects in the very beginning. So <laughs> um, we were painting together. And then I was feeling the chaos. I was feeling the mm-hmm. fear just in that morning. And so I tried to get rigid. I tried to control her and, you know, unskillful language came out of my mouth. Like, it was like kind of blamey and not so great. And then I was like, oh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that stinks. That's right. where we are. And then it came back together with hugs. So I want you to hear, dear listener, that this happens for time. Rebecca. It happens for me.
0: It happens for all of us. You know, I think this is, this is the skill point though, is that what the better we get at this, It doesn't mean that it stops happening. It means we know how to come back from it. Yeah. Right? So just like with mindfulness, the work isn't to keep a clear mind. It's to notice when your thoughts wander and how to come back. Yes. So it's the same muscle that we're trying to build here. I notice when I become rigid or when I become chaotic or I notice when I'm off center. I notice when I go into my anxious or my depressed or my lonely or my withdrawn or my desperate or my rageful or my you know i'm better than everybody else in the world kind of places and when i get find myself in those places i can come back to my center i can become my most functional best self again because i found myself there and i know what those things feel like and i know that they're not going to get me where I need to be. And so I can come back. And when I need to repair a relationship with myself, with my spouse, with my kids, with whomever, I can do that because I can take responsibility for the coming back. That is my, that is where I'm able to respond. It is my responsibility.
1: And that's within your domain of of control. That's within your domain of control. And dear listener, you, many of my listeners, I know this because you tell me a lot in that that you want to do it perfectly. You wanna you do it right. You wanna just not mess up your kids. <laughs> you wanna do <laughs> it just right and you because you love them so much and, and and you're you're gonna mess up. You can be so so skillful and you're gonna mess up. You may have a stack of parenting books three feet high at your bedside table and you're
0: still gonna be human. And so am I. We all are. This is actually what means that we're human is that we're imperfect if we were perfect we wouldn't we wouldn't be human and so it's our imperfection that is what reminds us to come back that's the guardrail. it's our imperfection
1: yeah so you're doing it right if you can let this maybe let's let's give you i'll give you a definition right like if you can let those things kind of ring a bell for you wake you up and you can come back and say oh, let's have a hug. I'm sorry. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like come back and be human, be real, be authentic. And, and that's, that's the best we can do. Yeah.
0: My nine-year-old asked me a few weeks ago, mommy, how do you help people with their big feelings when you're having big feelings too? Great question. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so we sat down to answer that question. Right? And my answer to her was something like, you know, it's because of my big feelings that I can help other people with theirs. Because I have learned how to sit with my big feelings and name them. Mm -hmm. Because I know what having big feelings feels like. Mm -hmm. Because I know that once I name my big feelings, I have some control over listening to the guidance that they offer me and actually hearing it as guidance instead of being taken over by them. And so we started to go through all these different pieces that you know there's there's the naming, there's the listening, there's the finding the guidance, there's the taking action, there's the figuring out which actions are are right and asking if these things are true. and there's all of these different pieces that we're doing. and it, I mean, this is emotional resilience. This is what we're talking about. Um, I, and yeah.
1: I, I can relate so much. You know, at one point in my life, I thought, you know, I'm too, I was so ashamed for being too emotional, you know, as a kid, of course, many of us are. And, <laughs> and I, I thought, oh, I'm, I can't, I can't even do this. I would tell myself I couldn't do different things when I was a teacher in high school, that was like really pretty overwhelming for me. It was pre, pre-meditation, but uh, they, that, Ability to, yeah, it's like looking at those things. It's the thing that makes it not so scary to be there with other people and their thing, yeah. and those things. And that's, and I'm sharing this for you, listener, because that's what we can do also for our kids. Yeah. We can say we can say, as we practice taking our, care of our own stuff, we can, which is, you know, then we can sit there with our kids' stuff and we can say, ah, oh, you're hurting. This is tough.
0: Mm-hmm. This is hard. And and sometimes it's important for our kids to also hear us like, I'm hurting, this is hard, right? Because when we go through the process of naming what's happening for us, A, we're taking ownership over it and they don't have to. It's not their responsibility to make us feel good. It's our responsibility to take care of ourselves so that they don't have to. And so when we start taking care of ourselves in those ways and they can witness it, it relieves them but it also models for them how to take care of themselves. Mm, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: So Rebecca, how how are you taking care of yourselves, yourself these days? What are some <coughs> of the nitty gritty things that you're doing to mm-hmm. handle your work, your family, you know,
0: living and all that? So um, I'm doing a lot. Part of what I'm doing is that I'm, reaching out to my people, my, my own therapist, um, my peers, my friends, my family, the people who I open up to. And I'm trying really hard, and this is an edge for me, to lean into receiving more mm. because I tend to be the kind who gives and gives and gives. And that's why I do this work. Only I'm missing and I'm noticing that I'm missing the little moments of, of stillness in my life. I'm missing that time in the morning when I put my kids on the bus before I start work,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Where there's nobody else in the house. I don't have that moment anymore. And I'm sure that your listeners have, are, are also missing moments like that. If, you know, if that's not the one, there's something. 24-7 family time. That's mm-hmm. all we got right now. Right. So I'm working hard to carve out, and I haven't figured it all out yet. But I'm working hard to carve out a schedule and figure out where in the day that time is for me. How do I get that time in a way where it nourishes me and it gives me some reprieve? And it's not just me that needs it. It's everybody in my family that needs it. And then we also need time together. And I'm doing other things. Like the other day, my husband and I, this was a few weekends ago, decided we really needed a date. And so the kids were going to be the restaurant. (laughs) <laughs> and we were not going to have anything to do with preparing the meal. Um, they could prepare it from anything that was in the house, and they weren't allowed to burn the house down, and they had to clean up. Those were the rules. <laughs> and not only did they take it on, but they took it on for three meals that, that weekend. Wow. And um, I mean, I ended up with things like toast with peanut butter on it and um, a quesadilla. And one of my daughters who didn't eat the cheese in the quesadilla I gave herself a Nutella quesadilla. And, <laughs> you know, and then they made this really beautiful salad with uh, protein pasta and chickpeas and, and it was wonderful. Um, but it's getting a little bit creative like that. These are the ways that I'm taking care of myself. Um, yeah. because that's what we have.
1: Yeah, that's what we, have. We, that's and we what have. we have to be creative. We have to think about what are the, what are our needs? You know, I need, no, for me, I need to exercise. <laughs> I need to get my yayas out. Um, I need my meditation time and I need, you know, I need time to out, be outside. And luckily I'm very able to do that. And, um, and yeah, and we want to think about how we can how he can creatively meet those needs and 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 I think that's just so the way to a way to talk about it. It's like, yeah, we need a a date to get. that's so that's so <laughs> wonderful. And also, I want to say, Rebecca, like that whole piece about loosening up is really right on. In our family, we've had we had limits around screen time because we want our kids to spend a lot of time outside. And boy, have we loosened up a lot around that? But you know what? It's so nice in some ways. So they have all their school on the screen, pretty much. (laughs) The Google Classroom is their friend. And then they have their own personal screen time. They're met ones, they're doing Minecraft and watching other people play Minecraft on YouTube. And and you know what? And then we have some more on top of that, which I would have been unheard of in my house six months ago, that we all sit down together and watch the Durrells in Corfu <laughs> at night, <laughs> which is just like pleasant and lovely and uh, funny. And you know, it, just, and it feels really good and everybody's more relaxed.
0: Yeah. And we also and that's get what we're outside going for here. Life. We're going for everybody being more relaxed. That's, that's the temperature we're trying to take. If the things that we're doing are not leading to us being more relaxed, then they still need some finesse. Yeah. Because that's, at the end of the day, in order for us to come out of this healthy, that's the part we're looking for. All right. So are things that, you know, it's it's not going to matter if we kept up with our schoolwork. It's going to matter with how connected and just kind of emotionally held we felt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. More
0: relaxed
1: and more connected. And it's hard to be relaxed when you have to be like vigilant about, it's like, so like, I went to pick up Indian takeout and I was like, oh man, I like went into the place. I touched the handle. I touched the bags. What do I do with the bags? And they <laughs> touch the things. And, and it's like, and you kind of have to, and I don't like that I, but, I really don't like that, that feeling of having to be vigilant. I like to be relaxed, but then they need to just coexist side by side.
0: They do, because we're going to have those moments where we have to be vigilant. Yeah. We don't get to relax when we're getting takeout, right? It's, it, we don't get to relax when we leave our homes right now, period. Yeah. You know, I can't go for a walk or a run on the local rail trails by me because they're just too crowded. They're just too crowded. I can't get six feet away from people. Mm. So, you know, those aren't my options anymore. I have to come up with other options. My kids might now run laps around our house. Mm. So these are the kinds of ways that, that we have to loosen things. But at the same time, there's certain things we still have to remain vigilant about. And then there's other things where we can let things down. And education, screen time, those are great examples of places where we don't need to be so rigid right now. They're not, you know, what is going to harm us later? If we get too close to someone and get these germs and get really sick, or we get sick and then we pass it on to someone we love or that we really care about or just other people in general, that's going to have an impact on us later. If, so we need to be vigilant about those things. If we don't get all of our schoolwork done right now, we're going to catch up on that later. We're going to figure that out yeah
1: yeah and and the screen time maybe i know a lot of my listeners are worried about screen time for their kids and i really think now that the screen time can be this very valuable thing for them Mm -hmm. to connect with their friends my my daughters are talking to their friends on minecraft you know they're building stuff and killing each other sometimes. But, you know, it's like they're having a good time. They're connecting. And, and they're socially so, staying
0: connected. And that, that is so important because otherwise
1: they'd be isolated. And that's more dangerous than, yeah. You know, aren't there studies on isolation? It's more like more dangerous than smoking cigarettes, right, on our health even. <sighs> yeah. So one of the biggest things that I encourage that I try to do is stay in the, the, for myself and my clients is to stay day to day, stay in moment to moment as best you can, because that future thinking brings more uncertainty and more, more fear. What what do you, where do you stand on that, Rebecca? What
0: what do you say? I think it's going to be different for everybody Mm -hmm. because um, I'm someone who, if I stay in the moment and I can't get into the future thinking a little bit, that's going to be more disruptive to me. Hmm. Um, I'll use just stay with using myself as an example right now, but it you know, in New York, they're closing schools two weeks at a time. Oh, that, hmm. right? And so you know, I don't know how long our schools are going to be closed or how long we're going to be in the situation. In my head, I'm predicting it's going to be a kind of long game here,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? But if I was only going with these two-week closure periods that they're doing every two weeks reassessing, that would be, you know, I'd I'd be waiting to get my kids back to school and okay, now I don't have to settle in and find my rhythm and find a routine. Mm -hmm. It's really helpful for me to think bigger picture and think about what kind of routines can I work on getting set up and I'm not getting them set up super quick. I'm taking my time with them. So if if I'm taking my time to get this routine set up, you know, what's this routine going to look like? What feels right for all of us? Mm -hmm. And I need to think bigger picture in order to be able to do that. If I go day by day by day, I might not get that routine set up. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so that routine is needed because it's going to hold me. You know, it's the thing that helps me get out of bed every day and get dressed. And, you know, it's important to do these things. It's important to get dressed. It's important to take our showers and to to get our exercise and to have our regular practices, whatever practices hold us.
1: Um, I put my bra back on today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Speaking of practices that hold us. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah,
1: that was good timing. Yeah, it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was great. But but this is the thing, right? Like so, so to find out like what is it that that makes us feel more secure in the world? What makes us feel safer? Mm-hmm. Because those are the places where we have some access to, you know, that that space between, to so that power and that freedom that comes from choosing our response. Yeah.
1: So softening, loosening, some rhythm, some routine, but not rigid, right? Oh, it's not this is all about the middle path. Yeah. Hold these things lightly.
0: Yeah. There's, there's one other thing that my colleagues and I are seeing a lot of, and that's, um, there's a lot of people who have grown up in chaotic, anxious homes. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of them are actually doing better right now, because they're used to this chaos. They're used to this anxiety. This is their normal. They're like, oh, I've been living here my whole life. You're all catching up now. Hmm, so, so it's also, I bring this up because I, I just want to point out that many times um, we have strengths that under typical normal, what we were accustomed to as normal everyday circumstances, may seem to be troublesome, but sometimes given the circumstances, those are strengths and they helped us to survive through difficult childhoods or difficult events. And there's still tools that are accessible to us.
1: Yeah. And this will, there is some truth to what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Like that, that will, this will make us, more resilient and more stronger, and I think it's helpful. I heard Jack Kornfield say, who is a great um, meditation teacher and wisdom teacher of our time, he say that we have been through this before. Mm-hmm. This is not unprecedented. Our ancestors have survived through this and things like this many, many, many times, and we are all the sons and the daughters and the children of survivors of of really difficult, chaotic things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think there's a lot that's different with our generation versus past generations. And one of those things is our ability to stay connected, yeah. like through the internet, through things like Zoom and FaceTime and Skype. And so there, there, there are a lot of differences. And yet there's still a lot of similarities in regards to how this pandemic is ravaging through humanity. All right, so, my- so um, I think that it's it's also really important for us just to kind of be held a little bit mm-hmm. by the fact that we will survive this, and to remember that we all have different wisdom inside of us, and often the big feelings that we're experiencing, the ones that might feel chaotic or might feel rigid. Those, those banks might actually have some wisdom for us. They might give us some direction and help us rediscover and find out how to get into that middle flowing path again. Yeah. It might be really different than anything we're accustomed to, especially in terms of listening to the wisdom there. But it exists. It exists inside of each one of us.
1: Those banks can be our teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing your time with me in your your quarantine world and and all that's going on for you. And thank you so much for t- sharing your time, my your time with my, my listener and and all um, and and just sharing your voice. I I connect really deeply to everything that you talk about, and I I really. Um, appreciate your sensitivity and, and your wisdom and your, um, you know, your ability to see all the grays and not just black and white. It's really beautiful mm-hmm. and, uh, and appreciated.
0: Thank you, Hunter. Thanks for reflecting that back and for inviting me to be here with you. Thank you so
1: much for listening. I really appreciate Rebecca's win- wisdom and the naming of the shared trauma reality is help me to process what I've been going through. And I hope it has helped you too. And if it has, please do share this with a friend. Share it on Facebook and social media. That really helps a lot. Um, I I really, really appreciate it. Or even better, text it to a friend, take a screenshot. And if you liked it, reach out to me. I'm at at mindfulmamamentor on Instagram. And of course, at mindfulmamamentor.com, you can join the Facebook group and talk about it and uh, we also have the mindful parenting free training coming up that's at mindfulparentingcourse.com/ com free training I'll be t- doing live trainings every day they'll be recorded too that's at mindfulparentingcourse.com/ freetraining. free training so I hope I will see you there and I wish you um, moments of peace and grace for yourself this week my friend Thank you so much for listening to this special bonus episode. I am reaching out to you with all my heart, knowing that if you're suffering, that you're not alone, that we are all interconnected, and that I will be practicing for you and for me and all of us. Thanks again. Namaste.